Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply.
welcome to NVC for the week of September 5th. I am your host, Jose Otero, and I am joined by some familiar faces and a new face. Please introduce yourself, faces in the room. Oh, I have to do this? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Hi, I'm Brian Altano. Blah, blah. Hey, I'm Pierre Schneider. Crap, crap. <laughs> and I'm Brian Malkowitz. I'm Earth, new here. Yes, so, erstwhile video man extraordinaire <laughs> and a very good friend of the show. Uh, Brian agreed to join us today. So the uh, the quick thing to admit up front is we did not totally plan this episode as, or I did not plan this Whatever, episode I'm as well totally, as I should have. I, I totally got the plan, man. Yeah, you did? Pa- yeah. came right, to cool, the rescue. Run it. Yeah, so... Uh, I guess let's... we can all leave now. We don't need. We don't need to do this. <laughs> yeah, right. One man Pear, show. Pear's got it handled. All right. So first, let's answer last week's question of the week. Uh, Craig Harris, our guest last week, asked, uh, "Would you would you be interested in buying the Wii U if it didn't have a gamepad?" Uh, and really quickly, I mean, while I'm looking at some of these responses, I, why don't we address it? Like, do you think that there would have been potential there if the gamepad was an add-on versus something that's packaged in the box? No, that's the that's the biggest hook for me is the gamepad. Like I love playing games off screen. That is the most I use my Wii U for. Otherwise, it's just an underpowered next gen system or last gen system with a controller, right? Mm-hmm. So no. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I had the same feeling. I I don't think we've seen the full potential of the the pad yet, right? Mm-hmm. There are not many games where I say like, hey, this could not be done without this double screen setup. Um, but I love the concept of being able to turn off your games, just continuing while while having the the TV, uh, you know, on on television. You know, you're playing your game on your gamepad. I love that 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 setup is why I bought the Wii U. Yeah, not just to have a Wii HD. Okay. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Well, uh, for me, that it's um, it's with the whole dual screen thing. It's uh, the biggest hook for me was that it that it, I could you know get it, play my game, you know, take it out of the room and into the bathroom and continue my game if you know. All right, I could do that. That was awesome. That was that was a great thing for me. Playing on the throne, well, yeah, just playing on the throne. I don't have to interrupt yeah. my game and Call of Duty. I can just go straight into the bathroom and do that. Yeah, so That's I don't awesome I don't share my TV at home with anyone. So I have like fifty five inches to myself. So the off TV play doesn't fifty five inches to myself. The Jose yeah. story. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Yeah, I do though. But uh, but uh, I have a big He's TV. Very tall. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, big guy. Big pants, everything. So, uh, <laughs> I uh, so I don't off TV play doesn't entice me as much because I'm never in a situation where I want to use it. But I'm looking for more creative uses between the gamepad and sure. the TV. And our first commenter, uh, Zuduasa, which I always have trouble saying his name, agrees with us. He says, "I like the gamepad. I enjoy the feel of it, and the lo- and I love off TV play feature. In my opinion, I believe the only reason." It hasn't been so popular is because it hasn't quite been used creatively yet. I think he's referring to the gamepad specifically. Mm-hmm. It's complete. It's a complete deja vu reaction to the original DS. At first, it was so strange uh, that I didn't know what to think. And none of us did, right? In the press, the reaction to this dual screen portable, uh, it, um, just referring to his comment, was like, whoa, what? And it yeah. looked like a toy. Well, the first prototypes didn't really look that impressive. That's actually the reaction to everything Nintendo does ever, is people get really mad and confused, and then they get okay with it, and then it sells a lot. Mm. Yeah, and then, the, I mean, think about the GameCube's handling yeah. purple color and all that, and you just kind of get used to it. But with the DS also, the early software, I think, used the, the second screen in an annoying fashion, right? Yes, it was totally. like, it was because it was there, and then you start blowing into microphones. I'm so happy that crap's over. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It seems like there was an experimental phase with the gimmicky stuff, and then all that stuff disappeared. I well, think you guys it was, are right. It was interesting. Like Super Mario 64 launched with the uh, Nintendo DS. That's right. And there were these mini games in it, and there was like 50 of them, 
right? And they were all crazy different touchscreen minigames that I think mm-hmm. Nintendo probably, if they had figured out how to way to, a way to sell them all individually, would have. But it was really just like, hey, look, we've been experimenting like crazy with this thing. Here's 30, 40 of our ideas. Try mm-hmm. them out. See if they're fun. So uh, another commenter, uh, SMT Cross FE, he's probably referring to Shin Megami Tensei Cross Fire Emblem, says, without the gamepad, there's, and he has a little list for us. No awesome art on Miiverse, no Art Academy, no great interface for selecting from the system menu, no off-TV play, streaming, Netflix. Oh, I read this comment, yeah. Yeah. No great implementation in games like Splinter Cell or Zombie U. Zombie U specifically, too, right? Like a game where... Uh, the ability to not pause. Oh God, that reminds me. I wish Dark Souls was coming out on Wii U. Mm-hmm. Dark Souls would fit. Dark Souls Two would fit so well on Wii U, and it is not a thing right now, and that's so disappointing. Anyway, back to his comment. Lego City, Pikmin. Uh, you know, sort of the configurations that use both screens. Um, <clears throat> no possibility to clean up the HUD, which is something that stood out to him as well. I kind of like that, right? Some of that stuff gets tossed to the gamepad instead, so you have sort of a cleaner look on the bigger screen. No ease of use for maps and inventory. No two-player co-op. Uh, or multi on separate sh- screens. That's also a thing. And no gamepad mic, which was a great addition for Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I agree with that. I think the gamepad does make menu selection so much easier in a lot of games. Like Splinter Cell is a great example. Totally. Like, Splinter Cell, the Wii U version, is honestly not the best version because you can install high res, uh, you know, high res texture packs on the others, which which you can't on the Wii U. So it, it looks, it actually it, looks really it, good. It, on it looks either. good. It doesn't look as good as my as my Xbox 360 version oh, really? but the menu selection and the interface much better on the yeah, Wii U and yeah. like that's the kind of that's why you got to say it's like you know the Wii U gamepad enables that kind of stuff i'm still i mean i'm hoping someone makes a game like an RTS or something where having that kind of nuanced almost mouse control can make a huge difference we just haven't seen that right no, we haven't. so yeah, yeah. yeah no totally okay last one i'll read really quickly uh comes from lone wolf and he's first of all, he jumped to uh, a question that actually you posed first, Brian, which is, uh, uh, I hear the podcast, but I don't have a Wii U. Remember, you asked, what would it take for you to buy a Wii U? Yeah. Um, he likes to be informed on all systems, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to run down really quick. What would it take for me to buy a Wii U? I voiced this out before. I didn't enjoy the Mario games when I was a kid. I would play games like Ninja Gaiden 1, 2, and 3 on the NES. So with that, I think Nintendo is slowly starting to dish out the games I am interested in. Uh, I guess he's referring to more action games like that. I didn't get a chance to play Wind Waker back on the GameCube days, so I'm very interested in this remake, and I can't wait for X and Monster Hunter 4. Uh, But Monster Hunter 4 is uh, 3DS only right now. I don't think there is a Wii U component to that. Uh, So would I buy a Wii U without the gamepad? The gamepad is the entire magic of the system, so no. Take that away, and all you have is a 360 or a PS3. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, with less games. Fewer. Cool. All right. So... (laughs) Let's quickly then talk about um, just some games we're playing right now. Yeah. Right? Let, let's, you know, kind of loosen up who wants to go first. What's something uh, you guys are either enjoying right now or playing at home, etc.? I guess I can um, start with um, right. me trying out Wonderful 101. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. How are you liking it? Um, it's totally different for me. Um, I found it difficult, first of all, when I downloaded the demo. Yeah. First of all, it's, it's, I, I look at it, I'm like, wow, what is all this, all this crap on the screen here? And then, you know, you get used to it and, you're, you know, it feels awesome, you know. Mm-hmm. Drawing out your your weapon and doing all that stuff and that was really great to me. That was okay. really awesome. Cool, yeah. cool. So yeah. you're having fun with it. I'm having fun with it, and, That's great. and but I'm also like you know it's a different type of game for me, so it's a little more difficult to get used to. Sure. So for like hardcore gamers, yeah. this is an awesome trial. Yeah, I'm currently playing the final version. We got it in the office. I want to say earlier this week or late last week. Um, and man, around Operation Three, that game just kicks you right in the balls. Really, and it has no well. So in Kamiya fashion, right? Like. This game slowly ramps up abilities, and you're finding uh, members of the Wonderful 101 
who uh, have specific weapons that you're going to draw and use a touchscreen for. In Operation 3, you find uh, Wonder, I think he's orange or Wonder Yellow. I'm forgetting his color specifically, but his weapon is the hammer. And so to draw the hammer, you have to sort of draw a stick and then the round top. Sort mm-hmm. of look like an inverse question mark of sorts. Um, and in that stage, they purposely throw enemies at you that you have to use a hammer on. The sword won't work on them. The hand won't work on them. Yep. The gun won't do much either. Um, and in Kamiya form, rather than sort of ramp up slowly, they throw two like sort of mini bosses at you. Yeah. And they're like two turtles that are slow moving, but they just they kicked my ass. And it was really tough. I'm enjoying it, but it was the first time I was playing that game where I wanted to throw the gamepad out of the window <laughs> of where I But So your challenge is the same one that Kez elemented where it's just hard to draw the hammer, basically hard to switch. So kind of like the 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 interface, the touchscreen drawing that's supposed to make it more you know, more immersive is actually kind of standing in the way of yeah. you doing what Sometimes, you want to do, right? Yeah. When I'm trying to draw the hammer two or three times and I can't, um, that becomes a challenge. I, However, I do feel that um, it also in Kamiya fashion, this is a very upgrade-driven game yeah. where the more uh, O parts you collect and you spend in the Wonder Mart, the easier your chances for survival or they increase your chances for survival. And the second level is a great example of that Mm. where when you finish the first level uh, and when you first start the game, you do not have the dodge or block moves. Mm -hmm. And when you start the second level, if you don't have the dodge or block moves, specifically the block move, you will never beat a tank. The tank has armor in front. You're going to have to do a lot of running around. And maybe it's possible, but on normal, your first time through, that thing is going to destroy you. Mm, okay. Um, so I, what I'm wondering is now that I'm, you know, I'm in that chapter. This game also is designed for uh, sort of repeat play and going back to stages and then <clears throat> gathering more parts and spending them. So I'm wondering if I just need an ability like the speed liner that allows you to draw faster, or other, you know, sort of power ups like that that will help me pass that stage and therefore like just blow right through it. Yeah. There's also weaknesses that they don't clue you to, right? They don't clue you to certain uh, like effects for the block or the dodge. They want you to discover them, and I yeah. like that. So I'm okay. I'm on board. But it's, it, it got really tough on Operation 3, and that's a warning to the kids at home. Like if, if you're sort of thinking, oh, that game looks easy. It's like, no. No. <laughs> no. But you have so many guys. Yeah. Uh, no, you do. Yeah. yeah. No, but that's, I mean, that team just kind of, that, that the games they create are like that, right? Yeah. They're, I mean, you, it is, there are unbalanced games, let's yeah. be honest, right? They're not well tweaked when it comes to ramping up difficulty. Yep. But, you know, so it, it's kind of like classic games in the Super NES yeah. days where like Ghouls and Ghosts was not a fair game, right? <laughs> like, those those were not fair games. Contra was not a fair game either, you know? Yeah. Like, Ghouls and Ghosts was yeah. the opposite of not a fair game. That was a pure evil yeah. game. And so, but we remember those because we didn't give up. There was no internet to help us that solve yeah. that game, right? And yeah or no YouTube to watch the ending. So you wanted to do it. And then when you actually managed to do it, it was so rewarding and you have such fond memories. And the same thing can happen here. Like if you're really invested into the wonderful 101, you spend all this time to be awesome and you beat it, it probably is a, is going to be a memorable experience. Hey, yeah. I really like that you just said solved that game. Yeah. That was like a thing I heard a lot growing up where people yeah. would be like, oh, I, I solved The Legend of yeah, Zelda. Yeah. Like, wow. you, what do you mean you solved it? Yeah. I beat it. I solved it. Now you would never hear a kid say that, that he solved anything now because there's nothing to solve. They you beat just, it. Yeah. <laughs> now you just buy you buy the ending for $2. Yeah, but even, even in a lot of games, it's funny you bring this up because even in a lot of games, I feel like solving is sort of an afterthought. Well, they'll yeah. say, hey, find a way into the house. And then there's a big arrow 
arrow on screen that shows you where to yeah, walk. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, that's find, not the house. That's yeah. the house over there. I didn't find anything. You told me where to go. Like, <laughs> this is what just happened. Like, developers yeah. are starting yeah. to baby people into things now rather than actually yeah. giving well, them a true challenge. Yeah. Well, you guys were talking about that last week um, with Craig. I thought that was a really good topic on, like, could we get to a Zelda game where the, the world is truly open again, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can choose to go down that wrong that that path but you're going to get your ass kicked and so you have to learn that you might not be ready for it or if you're an expert you can actually do it and i, yeah, yeah. I honestly i mean listening to your podcast i immediately thought of skyrim like yeah. the the elder scroll games just do that you can get yourself into a heap of trouble early on right but yeah. just exploring and so i actually dig that i think it's really cool Sure, sure. Yeah, and uh, really quickly, just back on the wonderful one, uh, a reader, we took questions from the community that we answered in, a, in sort of a video, Caleb and I, uh, who also works on the IGN video team. And one of the questions that didn't make the cut but that was interesting was, could this have worked as the second screen being sort of just a selection process where you can select, okay, I need the sword. Okay, I need the gun. Would that have worked? I honestly think no, because I think that um, – First of all, this is such an intense game. You don't want to take your eyes off the screen while you're playing it. And the ability to draw simple shapes without looking is something that's actually possible, right? It's kind of like writing on a tablet or trying to draw something silly while you're looking away. Mm-hmm. As long as it's a, it's a simple shape, it's completely doable. And you're just reaching into your inventory to the weapon that you need, right? Do I need the sword? Do I need the glove? Do I need some other weapon? So I don't think it would have worked as well if that stuff was on the touchscreen, like maybe segmented or something. I just mm-hmm. think... The idea of drawing actually makes sense. At least it does to me. Maybe okay. others can disagree. Yeah, I got to yeah. play it a lot more too. To figure mm-hmm. it. I think that makes it part of the challenge though too. Mm-hmm. Like when there's a bunch of stuff going on on the screen at one time, you know, it's, it's also you're also trying to focus on drawing something properly. You know, if you want the uh, gun and you make an L shape, but you accidentally make a V or something like that and it doesn't give you properly what you want. Yeah, yeah. And that's where the challenge And You know, there, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else? Uh, what else are we playing around here? I'm playing mostly playing Splinter Cell um, on the Xbox. Actually, uh, I picked up that version simply because of uh, Xbox Live Play. Like some guys that I used to play with are, are on the Xbox version, so I'm playing that one. I was intrigued though by the Wii U on. Um, and then lots of Rayman. Yes, tons of Rayman. Of Rayman. I see your name pop up every night when I'm playing. <laughs> yeah, Rayman. that's sometimes my kids just log in as me too, but yeah. um, it's also me playing with them. And then also Plants vs. Zombies too. I just haven't finished it on my iPad. Mm. So those those are the three big games I'm playing most of. But man, Rayman is awesome. Yeah, it's really Rayman good. Rayman is really good. And Tell really us about good. it. Yeah, I mean, I have the Wii U version. And I got it because I love the, the, the concept of the touchscreen and helping people along. I primarily play it in multiplayer with my kids. Mm-hmm. And they freak out, man. They love the levels. And I, I just sometimes sit there and go like, it's amazing how creative this team was. And oh, you can yeah. tell they had time to refine it. Like everything is so well refined and so beautiful and, you know, so tweaked. Uh, but the most impressive ones are the level set to music, where every mm. beat of the game is set to the beat of the music. It's incredible. You know? When when you pull those levels off, like it's beautiful. It's yeah. some of my favorite video game levels I've ever watched in motion. It's, it's like, like Zen, right? Yeah, like when totally. you get through the whole like my my son was failing at the I forgot the uh it's a song from from Black uh, Betty. No, no, the other one. The tiger. The, uh, there's one. It's the the, uh, oh, the, the, the Kill Bill Japanese yeah, Kill yeah, Bill yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yeah. So that one, my son was constantly getting killed by these swordfish, and so you know he's like, "This is hard." I'm like, "Come on, let Daddy do it, right?" Like, <laughs> and I I hit freaking Zen mode and I did it in one go, and mm-hmm. now I'm the hero. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Now I I really really taking out the trash game. for the next two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's, so good. It's it's like um it's really brilliant. And I got to see uh they did a panel at GDC showing how their Ubi art engine works, mm-hmm. and the lady basically got on stage and just like, look, here's a here's a ball sack. 
And we were like, what? <laughs> and she, within five minutes, she had this animated ball sack that had eyes and legs, and it was jumping up and down. And she's like, let's drop it into the world. And she she sketched it. And like the 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 program they're using um, allows you to just make a sketch and drop it in the game really quickly. So an artist can go from idea to actual in-game usage within a matter of minutes, which I think like the bureaucracy of character design and all this other bullshit that holds back video game design for years uh, usually stops that kind of stuff. And this is like, hey, here's concept art. Here it is in motion. Like you could walk away for a half an hour and come back and be like, oh man, I put something new in the game. Yeah. Sure, what is it? Uh, it's a swordfish that has actual yeah. swords, you know? Yeah. Great, cool, ship it. The other thing I really like about the art is like, you know, obviously all video games are a lot of work to create and like creating a polygonal figure is not a computer doing it. It's like somebody modeling it, creating the textures, painting, all that. Mm -hmm. But this game has such like a tangible feeling of being kind of craft, right? It looks like it was hand animated in every way. And uh, I just love the little touches. You know, when you watch anime and like somebody gets angry, they got that cross on their forehead. Or yeah. if they're crying, their eyes wobble. In this game, like when somebody's dead, their eyes are always like white. Yeah. <laughs> like, it has all these really cool little, like little yeah. Frenchy jokes. Yeah. Too. And, like, like, no, I love it. There's a whole world dedicated to uh, Lucha Libre wrestling. Yes. Which really is just, funny. it's yeah. so cool to watch. Cause like there's one like kind of endless runner stage where this giant wrestler's chasing you before he dies in lava and he mm-hmm. gives like a thumbs up before and the he dies. Lava is- hot sauce you left that out yeah 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 <laughs> it's really cool and it, it really I mean I was one of the biggest fans of Rayman Origins in, at, yep. at IGN period and there was a whole world in, in that game dedicated to fire and ice and the way they handled that was they were like you know there have been fire and ice levels in every game but what if the fire levels were about these like uh, demon cooks who are cooking sausages yep. and butter and squirting yeah. And the ice parts are like this sort of like, what if you just sort of deconstructed a a nice cocktail? Yeah. So there's like skewers and there's like Uh slices of oranges everywhere. And they really expanded on that for this game. And it's like, it's so much fun. And what I really like about it was they're not constricted to anything. Like there's no like, no, like even Mario games now are sort of like, well, we have to stick with this art style and it's the way and there, there's the plant world and the pipe. It's always world. a desert as the second always, world. And in, world. in Rayman, they're yeah. just kind of like, you know what? Screw it. Do whatever you want. Yeah. You jump in a painting and have fun. Like, yeah. so it's, it's really cool. And the, the music's amazing. I love like if you played Origins mm-hmm. and you thought it was great, like just the amount of stuff that you can interact with in this game and unlock, like you could sit there for hours just uh, finding all different costumes in the game, challenges. Most of Origins is in the game. You can go and replay it. Yeah. I just love the animations too. Like when you take low box and you just raise your arms up. Yeah. It's just, it's funny. And like when, he's, when, you, when he do, squats and when he, he squats, flattens. he becomes a blob, right? Yeah. And like the chick with a, with a gap tooth, right? Yeah. She's got the wind up punch and everything. Like my daughter actually loves playing as her because she's a sassy character who's not just a hot chick, right? Yeah, she's yeah. just, she's just cool. Like you, you can, she feels like she was ripped out of a Pixar movie or yeah, something. Yeah, totally. You feel like you know she's a flawed character with attitude, but she's awesome. Yeah. There's a like, lot of sassy yeah. princesses in this game. Yeah. too. like each oh, one yeah. you rescue has a different hook, either the emo one or the angelic one, or like there's there's a lot Bat of wings and slides. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah it's just it's really cool, and I I just I love how free they are to just do whatever they want. Yeah. with this game. So if you own a Wii U, seriously, you gotta own this game. It's, yeah, you know Mario is still the pinnacle when it comes to controls. I feel mm-hmm. like the 2D Mario games really feel great. Rayman feels a little looser, but not as loose as Little Big Planet. But yeah. man, the art and the level design is just awesome, and the music is really cool. Yeah, and I mean we were talking. 
before about how games have gotten easier and stuff like that. And, you know, Rayman's interesting. Like, there's no game overs. There's no lives. There's no continues or time limits, really, for, you know, most of the levels. But it's still really challenging. And they strip all that stuff, all that conventional kind of 2D platforming uh, idealism away. And you're left with a game that, you know, doesn't punish you for dying all the time, but it's still really hard. And you still die all the time. So You play it? Yeah, it did. Um, And about the challenging thing, I was going to mention the the invasion levels. Yes. That they added yeah. in there. That's an amazing challenge. Yeah, it's Because, totally. you know, you, you're going through the, the levels. You know, they only take about a minute to get through, yeah. maybe. But if you die, you start back from the beginning of yeah. that level, regardless of what progress you've Yeah, and the hook in level. those levels is really cool. Like, a lot of games just go, you know, beat this level as fast as you can. You get bronze, silver, or gold, right? And Rayman does that. But instead of just doing it boring, they go, there's three guys, and they're hooked up to fireworks. <laughs> and the slower you are, fireworks will launch them to their death. <laughs> so if you are slow, the bronze guy is getting blown up in space. Yeah. yeah, it's a little by little, and it, it makes you you beat a level, and you go, man, I lost two guys, so that sucks. I gotta go back, play it over again. And- That's what I'm talking about. It feels really polished. Like even minor little things are well thought out. Like just even the end of a level where it's like, brr, 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 yep. like it builds up this pyramid, and all the characters are dancing. With yeah, you. yeah. Like, right. I mean, the maximum. It's just, I love that stuff. Like everything. There's this reward. And the reward usually in a lot of games is an extra item or like a new ability. In this game, the reward is just seeing the mayhem that yeah. happens and the craziness of the end of the Black Betty level. Yeah. Where like all the monsters are piled up and dead and they're mm-hmm. on top like playing guitar. <laughs> and there's, right? there's, like, there's, uh, there's these yeah. like five special levels that if you beat – and this is not spoiling anything because you beat the first one very early on and that act continues. But you beat them and you beat this like kind of weird – messed up chancellor guy and you launch him into space and when he goes into space he lands on this planet full of pigs with like little pitchforks and he lands like face first in this hole and his butt sticking up and they just sit there and like poke 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 and they start playing a song and then the more of them you launch into space the more land on this planet and these pigs just start building a whole song around these chancellor's asses and it's awesome like it's just so cool to see them do something like that I I think one of the most underutilized ideas in video games uh, comes from butt music (laughs) no 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 no. well butt music for sure Uh, actually there's plenty of butt rocking games what are you talking about like anything from uh, the 80s like Sega Mm -hmm. Uh, no the uh, the idea of of sort of music working in tandem with what's happening. So Rayman um, borrows, you know, like animation and, and crazy, like exaggeration from Looney Tunes. But I also like that they have this idea of, remember in Looney Tunes when you'd watch an episode and you hear like, doom, 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 doom. animation would line up with yeah, what was happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like Rayman really taps into that vibe yep, and you right. don't yep. see enough of that in games. Like you really don't. Yeah. yeah, it's got that really slapstick goofiness to it too, which I love because it's like half classy, half slapstick, which um it actually borrows a lot from Ren and Stimpy, yep. and Globox yep. is absolutely inspired by Stimpy, like completely right down to his design. Yeah. Um, and I really like that. It's just sort of gritty and goofy, and there's things splatter and break, but sure. it's also got wonderful, really well-composed music yeah. happening at the same time. So, yeah, it's just really fun. It's a, it's a living cartoon. Yeah, it just makes me lament that there is not a cool Looney Tunes-style game, like a Looney Tunes license game that ever used that. Right? You know what? Like, there yeah, was one. There was one on the N64. that It, it just wasn't as good, good as it should have been. Mm-hmm. There, there were actually a couple of Looney Tunes games that tried that a little bit. They used MIDI music to sing to the footsteps of the okay, characters, and okay. it was actually kind of cool. But I, I think 
overall, still like Nintendo's own games have done it best, right? Mm-hmm. Like we talked about Wind Waker when you hit somebody's brum, brum, yep, brum, yep. Right? Dun, dun. or like yeah, Mario in that. the in the water level, you dive down and then the drums start kicking yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah. Or when you, you sit know, on Yoshi, like, you hear like an extra drum yeah. track get yep, added yep. to every game. I think yeah. my yeah. favorite stages I played so far in Rayman Legends are the um, the underwater stealth stages where they play the sort of like James Bond theme. And oh, there's yeah, a lot of fun. like Splinter Cell oh, looking characters. That's the one where I mess with my kids. Like oh, really? I, I I move things away so that the laser. Oh, that's awesome. Only for a split second, it goes like whoop, you know, yeah. and like, it's like, and, and, and. yeah, no, I really love that. There's these know, lasers nice. underwater, they're connected to cameras and they rotate, yeah. and you have to swim around them and collect stuff. And you're wearing it like <laughs> the the art style gets all very like shadowed, so yeah. you can't see the character details or anything. And it's just really, really cool. Yeah. If you have a chance to play it, please do. I don't think I've actually been able to get over Castle Rock. Oh, yeah. really? Castle that level, I don't, awesome. I think, yeah. I think for me, it's mostly the. How well the song is put together. Yeah. yeah. Not, yeah. not just like the level and how it works with it, but like how well the song is and yeah. like being able to see it in full more one run through. It's like mm-hmm. a really awesome song. Well, the yeah. attention to detail and love that they re recorded all these songs, you know, yeah. like with the silly, crazy voice. Yeah. It's just really good. So, in summary, we all hated the game. Don't get it. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. Terrible Two game. out of ten. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Buy it on PlayStation Vita. Um, any other <laughs> games anyone's playing before I say well, Splinter Cell is good Splinter Cell yeah, yeah, Splinter Cell is really good on Wii U the, the first missions were like eh, it's kind of like the last Splinter Cell I don't want to be the guy out in the open who constantly auto shoots people and auto hides that first and then mission. you go into the darkness and you're hanging from pipes again you're using boop, vision and stuff thank it's it's, it's really so, yeah. weird that they throw you into a battlefield in the first five yeah, right? minutes and then the rest right. of the game because I played the first mission maybe eight times in a row and I'm like this sucks yeah it has a really weak start and, and then, then it gets good and then you start upgrading your character it's got this really cool system where you're on you're on a plane that's just flying over the US or the world yeah. constantly and all of your people are up there and you go down and do missions you bring money back up and you can upgrade your suit and they go give you all this cool stuff and new things get added to your plane that can add more stuff to your suit and new gadgets and stuff like that and you're dropping in like it's not like hey you beat level 1 now you can play level 2 like there's a whole world map that you can drop yep. into at any con- at any time and all the mission structures are really different and kind of crazy, and I really like it. But yeah, it starts off really bad. Um, I was really turned off immediately because the loading times in the on the Wii U version. Yeah. When you hit skip cutscene on the first uh, cutscene, it creates a loading bar that actually takes longer to load than the entire cutscene oh, really? does to play. Uh, and that which was I've the, never that seen. That was before. the final version. Not yeah, the, oh, final no. version, and it's the I'm it's. I only saw it in the first mission. Everything after that seemed fine, but uh, gotcha. Yeah, it's yeah. See, I installed mine on Xbox, so I, uh, okay. I don't know. Maybe that I I didn't notice yeah. anything. Yeah. Brian, so, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was gonna mention Brian played a lot of this game. I did actually. I was gonna mention yeah. that. I'm gonna yeah. go ahead and say I'm the guy that beat it three times already. Wow. On its hardest difficulty. Full stealth walk. Nice. Wow, it's, it was that good of a game to me. Do you like, like it? I, I, I full love stealth, that game. like you never, you never got seen by anybody. No, well, not not completely full stealth, but yeah. I mean, like you know, ghost golded, like you stealth it enough in not killing anybody throughout the. See, whole I time. did a lot of really dumb things. Like I would kill twenty two people in a, in a row perfectly, yeah. and then I'd be sitting there waiting for somebody, and I'd be like. I'm just gonna shoot that barrel. I did and I'd shoot it and like thing. 18 people would be like, we're sending it in black ops. And all these people start dropping and like, oh man. I send a reinforcement. It's like, why? What's the barrel? What, yeah. what's, what's the best way to to get rid of those armored guys, man? Armored guys? Yeah. Um, really, it's just to distract Boom. them somewhere. Like you have your noisemakers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, make use of that. Like the first thing I did when I got locked in is upgrade that crossbow of yours. Like okay. upgrade it. For yeah, it doesn't yeah, cost too. that much money. You get an achievement if you're playing it on Xbox or yep. PS3, but um it, it doesn't cost that much money and it gives you like a bunch of stuff, and you just shoot the noisemaker. They go over there, like, what's that? And they go turn around and walk yeah. up, and you just okay, knock good. Them off in the back. That's is, was this the first Splinter Cell to have dogs? 
Um, I think conviction. That was kind of weird. Yeah, I love dogs, and it was weird every now and then. It was like, oh fuck, I gotta kill. But the dogs, dogs, the dogs were probably like, <laughs> one of the most annoying things in that game. I uh, I did this thing where I would hide all the bodies in the same spot. So I killed like six dogs and fifteen dudes, and I left them in one pile in the corner. <laughs> uh, and I was just like, if these guys <laughs> wake up tomorrow, someone's gonna have to explain this. Like, <laughs> that must like taking you a while man, to do that. I don't know. We got drugs. There's all these dogs. Someone stole our clothes. Hey, it's like, we don't want to ask questions. You've here. got my pants. <laughs> uh huh. You know that happened to me at my birthday party, right? What? Well, we got really drunk when I turned 40. Okay. Um, we all got really drunk and fell, fell into the pool. All of and, you fell into the pool? Well, some of us. Um, <laughs> were you were shooting like, tied well, together? Scott Lowe, our tech editor, he jumped into the pool with his clothes on. And like the next, uh, we took our, our jeans off because they were getting a little tight in the water. And like uh-huh. the next morning, I woke up with a terrible headache. You know, I went down to the pool and m- grabbed my jeans. Or what I'm you like, thought were your jeans. And I'm like, that's weird. There's money in the pocket. <laughs> I'm like, I, I never, like, there's like 40 bucks in the pocket. I'm, I was really happy, but I never keep, keep loose change in my pocket like uh-huh. that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, wait, these aren't my pants. So Scott Lowe actually put on my pants and went home. <laughs> yeah. Went home with my pants. That's awesome. Yeah. Interesting. All so, right. Sorry, tangent. End of no, podcast. That's a good ending. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I went back to uh, so for the last game we're playing. I went back to a link to the past this week. Nice. Oh, cool. Um, because a link between worlds is coming November twenty second, and I just want to be absolutely ready. And the one thing I will say, I mean, this game has been talked about probably like how many times since its release. Where but, are you? Uh, where are you playing it? I'm right now. I'm playing the GVA port out of laziness because I don't want to. I I just at late at night I don't want to turn on my TV. Like right. I don't know. I'm just tired and I want to play a game before bed. So you're playing so. it on Game Boy Advance. I am playing it on Game Boy Advance. So Good getting version. used to uh, the shrill voice that got it. You yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. Every few <laughs> seconds uh, is annoying, but um, just noticing the little things that are in that game that you don't think too much of that maybe the first time you played it so i was telling brian for example i was uh on my way to the desert palace to get the second pendant that you need yep. early on in the game and i passed by the guy who's sitting by the sign that says please don't touch my sign yeah i completely forgot he existed and looked him up online he's called the middle-aged man <laughs> and was just reminded oh yeah this is here and this is a really weird way to interact with a character and you have no idea when you walk by him he's going to be useful later on right yeah He's sort of a thief that is. Let me uh, just say dot 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 or something. Yeah, he took a vow of silence. But if you take his sign, he will follow you for the rest of that screen. (laughs) You can't go in a cave. You can't do a couple of things. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, who thought to include this? Like, it just stands out to me so much. And and you know, sort of playing modern games today and noticing that maybe little things like that that stand out and just have little quirky personality aren't there as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, you know, Link to the Past. I, I played that one. I think that was the second Super Super Famicom game I played mm-hmm. back in the days, probably, and really, really loved it. And immediately was looking for more games like it, only to find out that. It didn't really exist, right? Yeah. Soul, Soul Blazer was a really good game in, right. in the kind of vein of Zelda that I liked in the Goemon games, but this one was special. But now when you when you go back and you played some of the modern Zelda games, you can see the roots, right? Like when you get turned into a bunny in Link to the Past and you you have no power. It's just like in, you know, in uh, Majora's Mask where you start off and you're turned into a Deku Shrub, right? Yeah, like yeah. it's got all these little elements where you're like, oh my God, I didn't think of the connection to the to the link to the past, but a lot of ideas started in that game. Sure. Yeah. Do you guys think they're going to figure out and figure out, but find some way to put Link to the Past on 3DS in the next few months as a remake or like a no just, just a something re- for people to play before oh, they yeah, play I mean, a link between oh, worlds right, yeah. i mean I there's they a should. lot of people that never played that before yeah there's a lot of, isn't it oh yeah it's not out it's just no. on the yeah 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Every now, every now and then, you can stop and remember like some of your favorite Nintendo games of all time aren't on their platforms, right? Yeah, now. I totally it's forgot. Very about weird. That. Yeah. I, I mean, makes a lot of sense, yeah. right? To let people play it, especially now that that the the new game is kind of moving away. F- you know, adding all this new gameplay to mm-hmm. it. It's not just a straight remake. I, I mean, and if not great. 3ds and put it on Wii U, I would yeah. I would love to play that game. It would yeah. be a great surprise up there with. Uh, I don't know if you remember when. Uh, I mean, this is a separate publisher, but when Konami remade uh, Dracula X and put it on PSP and called it Dracula X Chronicles. Mm-hmm. This is the prequel before Symphony of the Night, and no one thought they would include Symphony of the Night as part of the package. Mm-hmm. And then when it shipped, or closer to ship, people found out, oh yeah, the whole game is in there. Yeah. Both entire games are in there, so you have sort of a classic Castlevania. Yeah. Then you have the one that just blew people away the second it came out. So yeah. I hope that Nintendo would take that. I don't Sorry, think Brian. that happens anymore now that games are sold separately, right? Remember Animal Crossing used to have all these NES right, games yeah. in it. Donkey Kong 64 had Donkey Kong in it, right? Mm-hmm. Like there yeah. there were a lot of inclusions like that. I just don't think it happens that that much anymore because I, you can we, now sell them separately. I would love to do a feature like that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of looking back at some of the games that were unlockable in the video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. There was that jet jetpack. What was that? Uh, uh the no, there was a, a rarest jetpack guy game was uh unlockable in one of their titles. Oh yeah. Remember that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Totally. I forgot what it was called. Yeah. Okay. Right. Anybody uh, who knows, please email us. What is it? IGN sure. Underscore NVC or NVC underscore IG. <laughs> NVC underscore something. Yeah. NVC at we'll IG. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. You can <laughs> yep. email us there. Brian, you were going to say something earlier. I totally lost what it was about. A <laughs> uh, <laughs> Link to the Past is amazing. There's something about a Link to the Past being included. It'd be awesome mm-hmm. for yeah. kids that haven't had a chance to try it out. There's so many. I have so many favorite moments in that game. Like just being in the church and hearing that. Oh yeah, my god! I yeah, love music, that. right? Yeah. Like that's or his awesome. face when like the door opens yeah. and all that. It's just such a good. Game. To me, it's the whole like the the story of the flute kid. It's just oh, really dark man, and so sad. sad. And yeah, yeah. he turns the wood, and you're like, oh god, I gotta go. This well, is just yeah. that reminds me of the the, um, the dark side quests in Majora's Mask. It comes mm-hmm. back to that because they you know they have the story of the you know the daughter and her and her dad when he gets turned into a mummy, and you have to go through that whole side quest to yeah. reunite them, and has really dark and sad music after you figure it out. And it's yeah. like this is amazing. Yeah, and that, yeah, that reminds me of those types of. That was yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I will say this, though, going back to A Link to the Past, uh, the thing I'm struggling with now is I just want to skip through every text bubble I can. And I'm worried that as an old, as an older gamer, I would have thought most old games I play, I really appreciate them. But maybe it's because I know this game. I just want to skim through the text really quickly and just keep moving. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, All right, hurry up. Finish this speech. All right, I got to go. And then run out and the there's, door. There's some things That's that aren't weird. optimized, right? Where you go into the store and they give you the same thing. Like Nintendo's really guilty of that. And we talked about that mm-hmm. before. Like yeah. when you use the Street Pass games, right? It's like, mm-hmm. don't tell me that I have special planned buddies again. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they need to just get better at letting you hit start to bypass mm-hmm. any discussion like that. Like yeah. it's not hard to make that bypass because the the user self-elects to skip it. And yeah. So what if he gets into into trouble because you're gonna repeat that that text anyway? So hey, let, you let found a rupee. Yeah. Remember those? You yeah, know the, what those are. Those are, are you can use them yeah. for that money. And awful, hey, you found another princess. one. Hey, remember what those are? I hated that. Was it Skyward Sword did that for? Oh God, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. but only if you stopped your session. Like you could you could leave your game on, then you would never get it uh, again. But sure, yeah. cool.
uh, let's talk about some eShop releases uh, this week on the Wii U and 3DS eShop, which is a weekly piece you can read on IGN. It's written by Neil Ronigan, who uh, writes for Nintendo World Report, an awesome dude and friend of the show. And so let's go down, break down really quick what we have. So on Wii U this week, we have Dungeons and Dragons Chronicles of Mistara, which is uh, available for $14.99. Anyone play it on this panel? No, I heard it was all right, though. No? Yeah, no. yeah. What is it? That's good. Huh? What is it? Uh, it's basically, first of all, it's delayed. This thing came out three months ago on uh, all the other consoles, or at least okay. on PS3 and 360. Um, and it's basically in the vein of Dungeons and Dragons, you know, sort of the arcade style uh, multiplayer. So is yeah. it like a beat em up? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a side scrolling brawler, basically. Yeah, yeah. Basically. I, I can get with that. Sure. Um, we also have Gianna Sisters, Twisted Dreams. Uh, if you don't know the history of Gianna Sisters, you should look into that. Yeah, it's really uh, cool. Started out as a Mario clone, <laughs> um, a very <laughs> shameless Mario clone, but then on DS became something a bit more substantial. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually released the DS game out in Europe, I think. Is that right, Pear? Gianna yep. Sisters was out in Europe. Yeah. Yep. Um, and now there is, a, last year it was a, or at some point earlier this year, if not late last year, it was a Kickstarter project. Um, Gianna's sister, Twisted Twisted Dreams, which is now finally coming to the eShop. Uh, it's already on PS3, mm-hmm. I believe. This one's really cool, by the way. It's got this sort of like world, Link to the Past-esque world switching thing where you switch between the light and the dark world on the fly, um, which for a platforming game like totally changes the scenery and the dynamics of what you're doing. It goes from good to evil really quickly. Yep. So, yeah, it looks fun. Cool. Um, so I'm going to skip around a bit because not every game There's is worth mentioning. A bunch of really crappy ones. Yeah, right? I just bought the difference. Boulder Dash XL. Is. By the way, I was a huge Boulder Dash fan back in the Commodore 64 Atari computer okay. days. Mm-hmm. I love that franchise, but they have not aged well and, and yeah. they're not that great. They anymore, didn't really do any good ideas with it at all. Since no, I mean, but it was an awesome alternative to Dig Dug back in the days, right? Mm-hmm. Like where things, there were actual physics, like diamonds would fall down rather like in Dig Dug where, where things would stay put except for the, the rocks. And I always, always was dug it back then but it just never got good again oh you dug it i dug it yeah. <laughs> i've been saying that about steam world dig for uh-huh. like two weeks yeah I, I, that game's awesome yeah but so you, uh you guys are punny on purpose yeah. i just stumbled <laughs> into these things no i did it by accident oh, first all time right. all right so on 3ds retail games brian maybe you can talk to this one a bit the sonic generations 3ds uh, is now available on the eShop for download Oh, okay. You remember? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That? I mean, so you, two you years later, you were on that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's just the original game that's now downloadable. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. Okay. Thirty bucks. Huh? You, yeah, yeah. I guess that's a good deal. I mean, if you don't have it yet, I have a feeling that if you wanted that game, you probably have it by now. But okay, yeah, it's fun. It's it's uh it's pretty good. It's not as good as the console versions, but if you're looking for a good Sonic game to download, it's definitely better than some of the old crappy Game Gear ones on the eShop. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and it's part of this like sort of recent Sonic renaissance, right? Yeah, like The yeah, last yeah. two console Sonic games, platform Sonic games, have been pretty decent, and Lost World looks like it will also totally. sort of be Yeah, you know, and I'm, good. I was so burnt out on the Sonic franchise for a while. Like oh, I was, yeah. Same here. As long as we don't have to deal with Secret Rings again. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Or Shadow the oh. Hedgehog ever again. There's such a battered wife like relationship. What about the Black Knight? The Black Knight. I was going to mention that one. That one was <laughs> awful. Like, why did you give Sonic a sword? What was he need that for? <laughs> I'm sorry for anybody we just reminded of that game, by the way. Yeah. Everyone wants that to burn that out of their memories. Be because... deep in your forgottenness. <laughs> Those, that's all designed by market researchers, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, kid loves, kids love swords. Kids love guns. Yeah, mm-hmm. about Sonic. And no Sonic, one stopped so. to say, "Hey, this is Sonic crying out loud." Do we really <laughs> want to do that? You can ima- um, imagine like snot nosed kids going like, "Blue is lame." I won't. I won't. <laughs> you know? I won't name any names, but I've actually met and had dinner with people who have worked on Sonic games who have specifically said to certain things in certain Sonic game history that people are very upset about that they were actually the ones that were like, 
absolutely let's not do that. <laughs> and it was shut down. And I, that's as much as I will say, but yeah, yeah. just to, to, to add in your point, there are people that have their, like there were people probably at, at, at Star Wars who were like, Jar Jar Binks is a terrible idea. And they're like, nope, we're pushing yeah. through. At least we know those people exist. Yeah. There's people on our side. Yeah. yeah. And look, the true. new Sonic game looks like, like heading, it's heading in the right direction. Oh, I mean, yeah. It looks really good. So. Yeah, it's coming out soon yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, so on 3DS Virtual Console, Summer Carnival 92 Rekka is available. So a bit of background for folks, and we've talked about this before on this podcast. Uh, Summer Carnival 92 is a formerly a Japan-only Famicom game. It's one of the few uh, Japan-only Famicom games that have shown up on the eShop in some forms. I mean, we've seen some experiments like this on Wii, where like something like the original Dracula X, for example, was yeah, and put Sin and Punishment Wii, came out. Right, Sin yeah. and Punishment as well. Um, and it is a shmup. Basically, that came out in 1992. Um, I'm forgetting the that's, developer off the top of my head. That's, you know? that's Yiddish. Yeah, Na- yeah. Naxal, Naxat Soft. Uh, yeah, and for those who don't know what Shmup means, it's a shoot 'em up. Um, and it's really cool. And it's I think this is a cool experiment for Nintendo, right? To put out an eShop game release, digital version of a game that wasn't available here. That's also very rare, by the way. If, you, if you're shopping for this game in Japan, the actual cart, it is very hard to find. Mm-hmm. That's great, yeah. I love that. I mean, being able to... To kind of keep gaming history alive and actually bringing some of the games back that are so hard to find, where people turn towards you know emulation in in order to play them now, like to actually give people a legitimate way to experience them. I think that's great. Yep. I think we need more of that. And Sony's done a little bit of that too. You know, releasing some obscure games um, for RPG fans. Speaking of RPGs, there's one out too, right? Yeah, yeah. Breath of Fire two came that's out right. on the eShop yep, too. Yep, yeah. Yep. That's uh, I always love. Back in the days, I really loved the Breath of Fire games. And that's really? on Wii U yeah. Virtual Console. Yeah. I've heard the Breath of Fire games are a bit divisive. Can you talk to me a little about those? Like yeah, that's like, Capcom published. Like they're clunky. You know, okay. like I just I played every freaking RPG back then, and I just mm-hmm. loved the whole the you know the whole dragon angle in those games. I really liked those, and you know, played the the first two. I I liked the first one. Second one is not as good, and then you know, it kind of was over for me. Yeah, I heard the localization on the second one is god awful. I played it in Japanese, so I don't know. Oh, like that's nice. the yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. Um going back real quick too to the point about rare games. Um we've also seen Nintendo do this recently with uh Toki Tori and with Shantae, which were both Game Boy Color games that are available on the eShop that were also really rare or limited, hard to find. Uh in Shantae and Toki Tori's taste though, case, it was more about uh coming out later in the Game Boy Colors cycle. Mm-hmm. Speaking yeah. of Shantae Jose Way, uh, I'm not doing <laughs> that. Something at off all. The table. Yeah, because there's nothing else to talk about. Well, actually, there's a sale. Before we go to Shantae Kickstarter, uh, there is a sale. Bitrip Saga is for sale if you're into the Bitrip games. Those games are fun. Yeah, yeah. they're good. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're very well made. And there is, is that the 3DS one? Uh, yeah. Uh, 3DS yes, compilation. Uh, so just yeah. a heads up on that do not play that game in 3D. Okay. It completely cuts the frame rate in half and oh, turns it into a slideshow. And the game's really fun and it's really cheap right now. It's a good collection of really good stuff. But okay. if you're planning to play that game in 3D, don't. If you're a Nintendo 2DS owner who's listening to this, uh, <laughs> yeah, then don't, that's, don't worry about it. Sure. There's no slider yeah. on that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah for sure. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, so the, the segue that Pear set up earlier was that this week, WayForward um, surprised a bunch of people by putting up a Shantae Kickstarter oh, wow. for a new Shantae game. Uh, which actually, did you guys notice? Someone on NeoGaf noticed that her skin tone is now a lot lighter than it used to be. She's not tan anymore. Oh, at least in the original art, that was kind of a weird sort of surprise for uh, you know. Shantae is a, a platformer in the vein of Metroid um, that has had two other games before this, uh, outside of the original. I think it's actually three now. There was the original Risky's Revenge, uh, one more that's currently in development that's coming to eShop very soon. 
And then this one, which what's the subtitle for? Is it Half it's Genie Hero? Half Genie Hero, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it looks really cool. How much are they asking for? To fund they're, they're looking to raise 400000 They're wow. at 134000 with 28 days to go. Oh, so, wow. wow. You know, they may be able to get there. So, guys, if you if you want to see more games on, on Wii U, I mean, this this project is also for other platforms, but if yeah. you want to see more games coming, this is a quality, uh, quality game franchise. Yeah. Go donate 20 bucks or whatever and... and uh, or donate, or get you know you get something back, obviously. But support yeah, yeah. the game. It's a it's a developer. They're definitely not going to let you hang if you uh, invest in the title. Yeah, Kicks- right. Kickstarter is like pre-ordering a game it way is. way before it comes yep. out. But you know, I mean, you're not getting a Metroidvania on the Wii U anytime that soon. That word oh. from Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. You don't like it? Nah, I'm not a fan of that word. Okay. I don't think it explains uh, itself to as many people, but it is useful for us. I okay. agree. Yeah. Sorry, not to. No, I didn't invent it. <laughs> I don't yeah. give a shit. Um, yeah, that uh, no, and it's and it's really cool because we also saw another example of this last week. I thought the way forward Kickstarter was a little too soon because last week at PAX on Saturday, I believe, KG and Ifune had a panel yeah. which uh, former IGN editor who's now at US Gamer, uh, Jeremy Parrish, moderated. Um, and they sh- he revealed a new project called Mighty Number no. Nine, which looks just like Mega Man. Yeah. Um, but in you know in his defense, um, I think it was a very smart move. Capcom has not really done anything with Mega Man in the past couple of years. The 25th anniversary of one of the most important characters I feel in video games, right? Like Mega Man has status. Like let's let's not like act like that's not a thing. That 25th anniversary came and went and there was a free PC game which, you know, thanks uh, Capcom America for doing that, but that wasn't a game developed at Capcom. That was a fan project. Oh yeah. yeah. And yeah. then there were the eShop releases which was that was really nice, right? Yeah. Mega Man 1 through 6 were released on the eShop sort of doled out over time, but there was no new project. There was no new game. Mega Man Universe was canceled. Mega Man Legends 3 was canceled, which uh, in Legends 3's case, it was sort of a community-driven sort of project that, unfortunately, the community didn't show up, uh, was part of Capcom's defense, right? We canceled it because people didn't come to really help sure. make this th- thing yeah. a thing. So Inafune saw an opportunity, and like a smart businessman, he said, all right, fine. Let's give these people what they want. Let's make a Mega Man game, but let's not call it Mega Man. Yeah. What do you guys think? I think it's cool. I mean, yeah, look, I, too. I think it's really difficult to get games like that made nowadays, right? Any, uh, unless you're really an indie, like you're you're a very tiny team, you're trying something cool and different, and then you know you you can succeed. But for an established developer to to want to create a game like that, Kickstarter is a great solution. We've seen a lot of kind of old school developers going to to Kickstarter and saying like, you know, you always wanted that sequel to just pick a name out of the hat, like Ultima, right? Like, yeah, we could make it happen this way because no other publisher would touch it unless it was a ginormous project or a really tiny one. So I I think it's cool. I think it's, uh, I I think, you know, with with his pedigree, it doesn't matter that it has a different name and make no mistake about it. Once Smash Brothers comes out, people will talk about Mega Man more, right? Like people are going to fall in love with the Mega Man character again in the Nintendo realm. I hope, you know, I hope Capcom will will revisit that franchise and get yeah. us something, even if it is a simple 2D game like that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. What about you, Brian? At the end, what do um, you think? I thought I think it's really awesome. Um, it, it you know, if for something like that to be driven by the community as well, like it, mm-hmm. it's awesome that it really shows what people actually want, rather than developers pushing something that you know they don't need. They get no feedback from us, mm-hmm. but it, it's great to just see that something like that and they can push out that we want that. That's what we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's a bummer. It doesn't always work out, right? Like the Eternal Darkness successor, you know, I think the the team 
initially launched it as a non-Kickstarter, then tried to do it again and reset it as a Kickstarter. And like in the end, I think people didn't just didn't show yeah, up. It kind of I mean, became toxic yeah, at that point too. No, but they, I mean, they raised over 100K, right? Like yeah. it wasn't that there was nobody interested, but there just weren't enough people backing that project. And so, you know, they'll try to get it done another way. But with something like this, I feel like there's so many fans of classic. Yeah. Totally. Japanese games want to see this made and this thing is going to work. I think the Shadows of the Eternal thing was was a different sort of scenario because you're you're kind of like you're looking at a game that was popular on GameCube which had, you know, sold 22 million worldwide and mm-hmm. the game only sold a million or so copies or whatever it was and it's been 15 years or whatever since that happened. So it's you're moving the goalposts a lot to get to where you want to be. But Mega Man like Mega Man or Mighty Number no. 9 is hot <laughs> off the heels of them, Capcom totally dropping the ball on the franchise. It's still being like – it's weird because it bubbles up all the time, right? Like he's in – Mega Man is in uh, – he was in Project Cross Zone. He yep. was in um, – he's in Smash Brothers. Like his his games – there's uh, Mega Man 4 is on the Wii U. Mega yep. Man 1, 2, and 3, 4, and 5 are on the 3DS. Yep. Like – X was released on Wii U. Also. X was released on Wii U. Like yeah. they're still there. They're still like people are still playing those games all the time. But in terms of getting a new one, you know, it's just not there. And we know that Mega Man Nine and Ten were awesome, and they were just a few years old. So yep. to get to see something like this again, I'm totally cool with it. And yeah. and yeah, the so Kickstarter has raised how much of how much? Ooh, so they were asking for nine hundred thousand when it launched on Saturday evening. Um, it, but not a it, cheap it, project, right? Yeah, not no. a small indie game and PC yeah. only at nine hundred thousand. Yeah. But uh, they hit that funding goal by the next day, early or midday, and uh, they currently have one million six hundred seventy four thousand eight hundred and fifty three dollars. For console versions, there has they have to hit two million five hundred thousand. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Um, that is a lot of money, and at least in my heart, I'm hoping that okay, if they don't get there, that you know companies like Sony, Microsoft, and especially Nintendo, if you're listening, <laughs> will swoop in and say, <laughs> yeah. "Hey, we want this on our platform." There is an audience that wants this game. Sure, a lot of them already prepaid and put up mm-hmm. those dollars, but I'm sure there's still an opportunity to market. Yeah, it and what we saw over the weekend immediately Renegade Kid. Stepped in and offered to work on the 3DS version. That's right. Yeah. So that's cool. And they have Wii U experience yep, and stuff yep. like that. So, And let's face it. For Nintendo to cough up an extra million or a million and a half to get a game exclusively on Wii U is nothing. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's you know, a 30-second spot on television. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they if they wanted to make this happen, they could make it happen. Sure. Yeah. And I hope, and I hope they are – someone's honestly considering it. And Capcom has not said or made a move at all. I mean, some people feared, was there a potential for a lawsuit here? Um, but uh, there has been cases where you can't really copyright look and feel. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, this sort of, so far nothing's been said yep. as to whether Capcom is totally opposed to this being done. Um, there was a really quick point I was going to make after that, and it is gone. Oh, in the talking about Kickstarters, this week Ghost Song, uh, that Kickstarter ended. So that's that sort of Metroid style game that uh, had really good word of mouth. I don't have the number in front of me of what they hit, but they fell below their Wii U goal. They had a yeah. Wii U stretch goal, and it didn't happen. I think they wanted like sixty thousand for it, and they ended up with like forty six thousand, or maybe a little. Yeah, it was it was decent or fairly close. And I'm also hoping that in this case, Nintendo <laughs> is paying attention and saying, "Well, there's an audience that wants Metroid. Whatever we're working on, if we're working on it, we're not showing it yet. This will be a cool eShop title." Mm-hmm. And again, swoops in and just kind of makes themselves known. Although I will say this, I'm, I'm impressed with the vibe that the Ghost Song trailer had. Uh, I think it's subtitled "A Journey for Hope," right? Yep. Something like that. A journey of hope. I'm not super impressed by the art, but I like what they're going for. So we'll see. Yeah, they got fifty-four thousand. Wow, yeah. so close. Yeah, what were they asking for? Sixty, 60 for 60 the wow. Wii U version. Yeah. yeah. 
So I, you know, it's a it's a pity. It's obviously not a lot of money when you think about a no. big publishing studio. So I'm hoping I'm hoping some others will step in if they mm. if the potential is there, right? You want to take a closer look and see if these guys can actually do what they say they can do. Right. And but I did like the direction too, and I I just love that type of genre. I mean, there's I had uh, our guest on up at noon on Monday, and the guy I had lunch with today is Adam Boys, and he works for PlayStation, mm-hmm. and uh, he kind of single-handedly rescued dive kick dive kick failed on kickstarter and he yep. said you know what we'll give you a shot on playstation network and he did and now a bunch of people are talking about that game so yep. there's kickstarter is is a great uh, vessel and i think if the best thing it can do is kind of bubble it up towards these bigger companies to see hey we can step in swoop in and give you know an extra little nudge here then that's that's even better cool. Cool. all right well it- that's Mostly our show this week. I don't think we have anything left else, really. Maybe we should bring up a Kickstarter segment every week. Sure, yeah. yeah just, I mean, just to specifically anyone who has a stretch goal with Wii U or 3DS, that'd yeah. be sure. great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, the other big Nintendo news right now is um, uh, is Animal Crossing. It's September. Talk about that. So there's new bugs, and there's new fish, and there's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's the thing. I always forget. I'm like, oh, man, it's the first of a new month. You can go back into Animal Crossing and get animals that you just never got before. Yeah, so, like, kind of a... I turn on the game. I'm like, what the heck is that cricket? Like, it's a bell cricket <laughs> making mm-hmm. weird noises and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So it's always, I, I love that kind of calendar-based setup. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Right. yeah. The calendar thing is awesome, but I'm afraid to go back into my game right now because oh, it's, it's been probably, like, we well, yeah, haven't seen you in three of, weeks. Uh, yeah, and it's like, oh, I'm afraid to see all the yeah. the weeds around yeah. my town. And Annabelle my dad, have such a sad face. She, yeah, and like I planted a lot of flowers and things, and they're probably all dead or missing mm-hmm. by now. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm in the exact same boat, man. I'm gonna go back and be like, oh, what happened? You guys gotta <laughs> hire a gardener. Can you do that? Uh, you can well, pay, uh, pay somebody oh, you know, yeah, to, pay somebody to go to my town and do yeah, it. No, there's also a uh, one of those uh, laws you can put into effect. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there's the clean town sort of like law. Yep. I'm forgetting. The, I think it's an ordinance. Oh, the ordinance. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. You can enable one of those. Oh, or sure. There's also the rainy one, one so that yeah. your flowers don't die and all that, right? Like, yeah, 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 for sure. Yep. All yeah. right. Uh, yeah. So check that out. It's interesting though. Pokemon kind of adapted that idea too, right? Like when the seasons change, yeah. Um, there are different kinds of Pokemon available as well. I kind of like colors as well. Sort of do that. Yeah, that's right. Laser color. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, it's pretty slow going right now for Nintendo news. There's some small pops out there, like you know, Activision, uh, Activision's um, yeah. uh, Eric, Eric Hirschberg saying yeah. that we will, su- we we'd like Nintendo su- to succeed and we'll support them. And it's like, but unfortunately, there's no real news, right? Like the real news is if Nintendo comes back and says we're working with Capcom to make Game X or Activision actually says they're making something that's not, you know, a game based on a, a lame TV show or yeah. a Skylanders game, which we know they're going to do, right? They're going to keep mm-hmm. on supporting Nintendo platforms with those. Like, sure. we want something fresh and something new, so hopefully there'll be more news um, coming soon on that front. Mm-hmm. I, I, hmm, tying into that, I, I guess I'm going to ask you this, but is there any power to the third-party exclusive anymore? Like, is that a thing anymore? You, you I, I feel like you don't see it as much anymore. Don't get me wrong. Sega's oh, doing it for Nintendo Titan with Fall. The Lost World. <laughs> Titanfall. Although that's available on PC, but that's still but early, yeah. early launches like Destiny. I mean, you're, you're seeing in uh, Microsoft's got the FIFA bundle in Europe, and FIFA Ultimate Team, really good online feature, is only on the Xbox, right. right? And you got Dead Rising 3 on Xbox One. Dead mm-hmm. Rising. Right. So it's still happening a lot. Nintendo doesn't uh, has not traditionally played that game, except ever. for like that one moment where they came out with all those Capcom games. And, and I felt Mon like, yeah, and Mon I Hunt felt 4. like that was more. Oh, you're talking about the Capcom Japanese. 5. Yeah, where, yeah, where right. there was more like a Japanese developer alliance saying like, man, we really got to do something to to be relevant and 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 kind of, you know, stick together and we haven't seen that kind of 
we haven't seen that from Nintendo in a while. We have seen them rescue Bayonetta, for example, right? Like, yeah. Sig, yeah. Some of the Sega franchises were in trouble and they stepped in. And so Bayonetta is a good example of something that is more of a third-party exclusive. That's right. X is, you know, an awesome-looking game. That's, of course, a developer Nintendo bot. But there could be some others out there that they, that they could back. Yeah. I'd yeah. like to see more Western third parties because right now most of the ones you named were mostly Japanese third parties. Yeah. yeah. It's a Japanese company. And what happened and... to Dragon Quest X on Wii U? Yeah, Did that just kind, that kind of, of just disappeared. I don't. I actually was really excited about that game I really coming out, and then I just, I just now I just realized that I haven't heard anything about it since. Yeah, like, I tweeted it. about it the other day, and I was like, "That's right, that was a thing." Yeah. Or at least, you know, um, sorry, Dragon Quest uh, any Enix sort of hinted, "Yeah, this will probably go west." And sure, no problem. But it already came out on Wii, right? Uh, For, yeah. in Japan. Yeah, and it's on Wii U as well in Japan. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think you know the one, the one trick Nintendo always uses to give, give third parties something extra in their games like a character or an outfit right like Rayman has the Mario outfit in it mm-hmm. uh, in the past like Soul Calibur had you know Link's outfit Link in it and, and some of the weapons from Legend of Zelda and stuff like that kind of stuff worked really well in the past and they've been doing that with Scribble Knots too yep. still think they should do it with, with freaking Minecraft of course but like there, there are other franchises uh, uh, other developers out there who could probably be persuaded to try um, their title on a Nintendo platform Platform if they got access to like something special like that but you know it's it's going to be very difficult as developers switch gears ramp up really develop for the the two new platforms it's it's always that one more skew that they have to plan for which in this case is not an easy transfer with wii u right mm-hmm. like and uh you know yes you can make yes you can port games of of course but it is an extra project and once you know developers no longer create the 360 and the, the ps3 version it's going to be harder for nintendo to do that so i feel like they just need to be way more active they need to go out there and and partner with more companies in order yep. to incentivize them and honestly i think that may means creating unique games for wii u rather than creating uh you know a lesser version of the call of duties or you know like i want to see original stuff on that platform yep no i yeah. agree Yep. Great. Well, that's our show this week then. Uh, our question of the week this week, Pear actually helped come up with as well because next week on IGN, you're going to see the top 25 3DS games. And we've been fighting over the order. Yeah, oh, we yeah. Have. And we're yeah, going we'll to record to. Uh, the episode where we have this debate over at least the top 10 and then present that as next week's episode. Yeah. So that's going to be a thing. But uh, what's the question? I want to know I want to know your top five what are we doing 3ds or you let's do 3ds okay i think we use another week your top five 3ds games no runner-ups no cheating i know people love to do that you hear my five games and you're 20 more nope just five games ranked Mm -hmm. in order one two three four five um no no ties it has to be a ranking of your favorite games of all time on the 3ds and no no eShop, no uh, no um, uh, virtual console stuff. And just so you know, we will uh, have this discussion and be looking at these uh, comments, basically, at these mm-hmm. suggestions. Yeah. So uh, please bear that in mind that this is actually your opportunity to be a part of that conversation. So really think it think it through. Make sure it's only five. If we see six, I'm not looking at it. And I'm to clarify, yes, eShop, no <clears throat> virtual console. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, 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 of course. We Thanks. don't care if the game is downloadable in a box anymore, yeah. right? Like, yeah. they, they can be... Yeah, they're, they're the same at this yeah, point. No matter but. the rapper, the only rapper that doesn't matter that we don't include in this, I shouldn't say it doesn't matter, is yeah. Virtual Console because those games will always be amazing yeah. and they will always be timeless. That's, sure. that's your top NES game, not your your top 3DS mm-hmm. game. Because yeah. that's cheating. Otherwise, you know, Earthbound and Zelda and Mario and everything takes everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Every year. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so let's quickly go down and uh, drop your Twitter handle and something you're working on this week or next week. 
Cool. Uh, Twitter at Agent Bizzle. I just passed 30,000 Twitter followers today. So I'm happy. Wow. Um, and Monday, you can come check out Up at Noon. It's a really good episode. Uh, we were in a meeting the other day, and somebody wrote down a typo based on an idea I had, and it was uh, five things you can't do in GTA. And I was like, well, I'm just going to turn that into a show. So on Monday's episode of Monday Noon, uh, Up at Noon, we have five things that you can't do in Grand Theft Auto V, along with PlayStation's Adam Boys. So come check that out. Very nice. I'm Pear Ijen on Twitter. I only have like 10,000 followers or something. I'm still okay. a baby. You're doing I don't great. have my name on all these like weird features either. Like you, <laughs> I don't have my name on features anymore. You're, no? No, just videos. Oh, man. No. That sucks. You're not at noon, but you're the internet's Brian Altano, though. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I mentioned this last time. The, the big thing we're doing on the – I'm doing kind of on the product side is the IGN mobile app, which will launch on Monday. So by the time you're listening to this podcast, it will probably be in your hands – on iOS only right now. Sorry, Android fans. We will support Android. We're also working on the PlayStation 4 app. We would you love to, to do a Wii that U app, to all Brian. that. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I have to apologize to everybody, but we got to start somewhere, right? Like, so iOS um, is, is hidden on Monday. So please download it. What you can do, which is awesome, is like when you sign up, you log into your account on the app, you can say, I only love Wii U and 3DS, and the IGN homepage will only be Wii U and 3DS stuff. So, wow. There you go. That's scary. Yeah. I'm going to start doing Nobody's articles to and do videos Come everything. On. You guys are also love comics and movies and television and everything else, right? Sure. Yep. All right. My uh, Twitter handle is at BrianXBang. Um, I was a little offended when you said you were a baby of Twitter with 10,000 followers because I have about 45. Hold on. I'm going to follow you right now. <laughs> there you go. 46. Yeah. You'll get better. No, no actually, I'll no, it'll be about 40. Too. I think it'll be 47. No, okay. but yeah. like It's because mostly I don't use Twitter that often. Okay. Maybe if I had more followers. What is it? Brian X Bang? Yeah, right there. Yeah, what's oh. the, what's, can you explain that name? Um, Actually, I cannot. I wow, you look different here. You, you're not I wearing I'm hat. not wearing my hat. That's right. Uh, 48 followers there. You get 49 now. All right. Oh, okay. I'm going to follow you too. All right, cool. Thank you. You're going to get 50 and 51 in a minute. What's up? Yeah, right? What, what are you working on? I'm actually, um, every day you can find me, well, not really find me, in the studio behind camera doing all that stuff. And cool. Setting up bays and probably editing some of your 101 commentaries. Yeah. Yeah, and if I can finally get Jose convinced that we should do some Let's Plays of classic games, we I'm want sure to. you're going to help us I, play them, right? I need that would be time. amazing. I would yeah, love I to do it. I can't wait. We, we need just, a brand. We should just stay late and do like 10 of them. In a what down. classic games sure. are you thinking about? Uh, get some pizza. Some import games, maybe even some like domestic like stuff that came out I here. I told Brian I want to do every Zelda game ever in order Ooh. of storyline. That would yeah. be amazing. I will do that. Yeah. I. Only if I'm involved with Majora's Mask. All right. <laughs> Leave in the comments. Would you like that? Like, yeah. uh, I'm talking to you, listener. Yeah, you with the headphones. What do you think of that idea? I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and if you're listening to this on your iPod or you're you're listening to this on your new iOS app, be sure to go to the uh, article as well. Leave a comment. Yeah. Let us know how we're doing, what we can improve. Yep. yep. If you like Brian to return or not. Hey. <laughs> Of course uh, they well, do. That's not, that's, a, that's not even a question. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I am at Jose, uh, Jose Otero on Twitter. Uh, there's an underscore in between my name. Um, and I am working on some uh, – I was going to say Beautiful Joe again, and that's not the game. The Wonderful 101 commentary videos. We have a bunch of 101, Wonderful 101 coverage going up next week. And on Monday and Tuesday, tune in for a very special pair of articles or even a couple. Uh, we haven't really figured out how many we're going to get out of this. Uh, that will definitely interest you, Nintendo listener. Um, I will not say anything else because we are embargoed uh, very much. But um, you will see. So stay tuned. And thank you for listening. Da-na-na-na. Goodbye. <laughs>
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.